Welcome to Get Hired in Cybersecurity with your host, Io Adiojo. Make sure to follow me on LinkedIn for more tips and advice, and feel free to message me if you need more information on how to get into cyber. I'd love to help you on your journey, and I do offer one-on-one services and coaching. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Get Hired in Cybersecurity. Today, I have a returning guest, Kim Stevens. Thank you so much uh, for being back on the show. How are you? I'm great. I always great to be a guest on your show. Awesome. Awesome. And I know we have an interesting topic lined up for today. Um, and I'm so excited to touch upon it. Uh, so you had a post that um, i sorry, you, you posted something recently on LinkedIn and you got a lot of feedback. Can you talk more about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, and um, again, th- thanks again for having me back on because um, after the post, Io, I actually, you were the first person um, that uh, came to mind uh, of a sounding board. And what happened was, I think it was maybe a couple of months um, that I posted for a for an entry level red team or pen tester role. And I have never had anything go viral online. Um, within a couple of days, there was probably over 50,000 views and it had been shared I, I, over a hundred times. And I got over 400 direct messages. Um, I made a point to read every single one of them and I responded to every single one of them. And that took a lot of extra time on my end. And in the message, the run, the one request that I made was to send me a direct message and tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, hey, I'm looking for this. You don't have to have a cert. You don't have to have a degree. I'm so excited about being able to have this role to go to market to find someone. But tell me a little bit about yourself. And I would say 80% of the messages that um, they provided really great content. Um, they had, or they had a really meaningful message. And some of them, I, I have to admit that they made me cry because um, some of these folks really put themselves out there and I really appreciated that. But was what was really more unsettling was the number of messages that I received from folks out there that didn't say anything, but gave me an emoticon of a hand waving or an I'm interested or me. And that's all they said. And one message came from a young woman that said, hey, or yo, hook me up. And that was it. Um, After going through all those messages, you know, I had to narrow down to a slate of six people out of 400. I screened about 20 of those people that week. Those conversations were really telling about the lack of understanding of the information security industry, what kind of jobs are available, what what exactly red teaming meant to them. Um, Someone with the CEH, and that's a certified ethical hacker certification, they never heard of Kali Linux. Um, I spoke to several people that had a master's degree in cyber that didn't understand the workings of a virtual machine or what, or they couldn't describe to me or they didn't have a home lab set up. And I think a lot of these folks are getting too inundated with YouTube videos with these um, um, folks that have these really expensive high dollar, and I want to call them influencers, quote unquote, um, influencers that are trying to sell 
these really expensive home labs when all you need is a laptop with a virtual machine. Um, I also had somebody that, you know, made a comment that they loved working with computers, but they never bothered to take a computer apart to understand the workings of the machine. So I asked just simple questions. Why cyber? You know, are, you know, why are you interested in red teaming? What does that mean to you? And what is, you know, what kind tell me about your certification? What, how has that helped you? And they were not able to articulate any of those questions that I asked and I thought they were pretty simple. Um, so it really was an overall concern to me on our education system, again, is failing us. Um, the certification programs are failing us. And these folks are walking away and they don't have an understanding of what they're trying to get into. And they're ill prepared on how to articulate and explain what they learn, um, what kind of um, educational projects that they were um, participated in, and really what part of the space they want to get into. They just said, well, I want to get into cyber. But again, as you know, cyber is a very, very wide and it's a very, very deep industry. Um, so again, this compelled me to reach out to you that week and you and I basically had a venting session. And I recall hearing the surprise, but also the frustration in your voice when I shared my overall experience. And again, now we're rolling out this series and basic fundamentals because we both believe that young people are not really getting and learning about the basics of adulting. Um, business acumen, presentation, down to financial planning. And what really impressed me, Aya, with you during all of our conversations is, you know, how you made a point to tell me how you invest in yourself. I mean, you already have the job. Um, you're already in the industry, but you continue to be intentional on making yourself better. You haven't just had the attitude of, okay, I've got the job with a great company. I don't have to do anything else. Um, and you're continuing to invest in yourself. That way you're standing out amongst your peers. Um, you're coaching, you know, how to communicate and investing. Um, so, you know, if, if you would tell me and the audience about that. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'd like to add to, you know, Kim and I will be rolling out this fundamental series specifically on things that we believe everyone should know and that aren't so advanced uh, like the other episodes with the other guests. We really want to hone in on, you know, the basics here. So, yeah, to answer that question, um, you know, graduating from college, um, you know, I graduated with a degree in cyber. So I had a bit of leverage and um, I ended up working at, uh, you know, my current company now, Deloitte. Um, but before then, um, you know, I was you know, just a college student, right? Like I, I wore whatever I wanted to class every day, sweatpants. Like I had no idea of, you know, business attire. Um, you know, I was hanging out with my, my young friends and, and that was it, right? So it was definitely a shift. And, you know, I made the decision back then to invest in just a bit of, um, you know, coaching to bridge the gap. Now, some might already be there. Um, some might already have done this in college, that's a great place to do it because, you know, their teachers and their groups. But for me, you know, there's like there was a gap there. And, and some of my classmates didn't have that, like they were going out networking and they had mentorship. So um, 
and I invested in, um, you know, image consulting, right? I wanted to make sure I had my image uh, together and that, that I had control of it, right? This is not me saying, hey, I want to be perceived as Barack Obama or I want to be, you know, have the same type of energy as, you know, Joe Biden, right? Like, not, no copycatting, but hey, uh, I want to come across as authentic. And I had that issue personally, right? I've been to interviews where, um, you know, I I just didn't come across the right way. And I was always questioning, like, what what, what happened? Like, why don't they understand what I'm saying? Uh, I had one interview, uh, interviewer telling me, like, you know, you don't have to be perfect, I.O. Like, we just want to hire a nice person. And I was offended back then in a way, like, oh, I'm not nice. But then I had to say to myself, if this is happening a few times and there has to be something uh, off with how I'm coming across. And this has nothing to do with my knowledge of cyber. So I hired an image consultant and uh, an image is four things, right? It's the ABCDs, appearance, behavior, communication, and digital. You don't have to be a Hollister model or a cover, on the cover of Vogue to have a great image, right? It's just the, the fact that you come across the way you want to come across and you're communicating who you are visually the way you want to, to, to your benefit, right? So it's not saying that you have to be in Louis Vuitton or Gucci, but hey, when someone can look at you, they know what you're about. Um, and not in a, and not in a terrible way, but the truth is, you know, people make assumptions about you, um, seven assumptions actually, and you can use it to your advantage, right? Um, you're right. So it's, it's not to say like, you know, people are going to judge you and, oh, I, I, we can, we can, we can go all the way there, but just on a positive note, Hey, you can use that to your advantage if you know what to do and it doesn't have to be expensive. So, um, you know, one thing I figured out was, okay, my colors, right. The colors that complement me. And, you know, you can, you can use it, but it, it just makes things a lot more easier for me because now I know what colors to get and how to piece things together. I got an understanding of my style personality, uh, which I was a bit afraid to do, right? Because I always thought that I was the type of person where um, I was in love with like Nike and the jumpsuits, right? But I figured, no, I was never really comfortable in that. And I'm, I'm more of a, you know, contemporary, classical, you know, simple type of guy when it comes to clothing, right? And uh, it just helped me be my authentic self visually. And um, I did that. And then also, you know, she helped me do like a mock interview. And she and she said, it, it was the simplest thing. She said, Ayo, like you don't smile. You come across as a robot. And I was like, holy smokes, I do. And that's why they that's why I come across as that way. And that's why, um, you know, they don't really see me as a person because I'm not personable, right? So that simple change, right? I spent 500 bucks on it. You know, my mom thought I was crazy, but I spent 500. Um, and I, you know, within the span of a month, I got, you know, I did 20, 20 uh, applications. I had four interviews and I, wow. had two, I had two job offers, right? Like it was just abundance, abundance, abundance. And, you know, when I would go out, um, I'd get complimented. I, I remember one time I was working, I was a bouncer um, at a club in Toronto and some guy thought I owned the place. <laughs> like it was mm -hmm. just you know i mean i'm and i'm not going out like going out like in expensive clothing but just the fit the color everything he's like what you work here like i thought like you're checking on your employees or something right so it made a, <laughs> it it made a world of a difference and it gave me confidence right. to step out and just be my most authentic self it, it's helped me um create great first impressions um it's helped me you know because because then you know the way the way you look your, your appearance matches up with your behavior and that's great. But when, but some people, their parents doesn't match up with their behavior. So that can create some, um, kind of, you know, humans are very simple. Like they're very, uh, we're animals, right? Like we, we kind of sense things, but if everything's con congruent, like it's a great advantage. 
Um, and on top of that, you know, I realized that, and I still kind of have the issue, but not as severely, but I, you know, my, my, my voice, I wasn't using my voice. I was monotone, right? Just, just a monotone in everything. I didn't, um, I, I wasn't good at using my voice. So I, uh, went through a, a program, um, and that, and that cost about 3000 and, and mind you, right. This is not what everybody has to do, right? You, you can go and work on this, but I just did it for me because I wanted the results. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But through that program, um, I was able to expand my vocal range. I was able to um, learn how to articulate myself better. I don't have to rush my words all the time. Right. And it, it you know, I still have some work to do, but it really helped me because I was always afraid to talk. I wouldn't be able to speak. I, I was just kind of shy and nervous. So I had that down. Um, and, and that helped out a lot. And, you know, one thing I'll say lastly, um, and I have to remind myself about this, but it never ends is that, you know, you spend so much money learning things, right? You, you spend so much time um, learning about cybersecurity and, and that's great. You know, you, you deserve, you deserve to be able to present that the right way. But what I feel, you know, we don't do is spend the extra one to $2,000, um, you know, to, to learn how to use all that effectively in the real in the real world not on a test not on an exam but in the real world out there uh, meeting new people and leveraging that so that you can come off as your most authentic self right um so that's that's really it and um yeah yeah and that's it and, and one one rule of thumb i use is that you know you don't have to break the bank but maybe five to ten percent of your your income could just be put away or aside to you know professional development right whether it's you know learning how to um send better just just things that you know you can improve on right 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 yeah. right and and i hope and and to your point io um i i know some of these some of your listeners are probably shaking their head rolling their eyes like i've spent all of this money on all of this education i am not spending money on me and there, you know, there are so many books. Um, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, he he wrote a book many years ago called Blink, and it talks about human unconsciousness and how we make an assumption on every person we meet within a couple of seconds of us meeting that person in person, Th that meeting that person in real life, not online, but in real life, how we already make these assumptions. And it's really difficult to overcome that. And me being a recruiter, I mean, I've gone through classes on unconscious bias by just looking at a resume and how we look at the education piece, how we look at all the companies that a person has, you know, worked at, even the unconscious bias of somebody's name, um, where they grew up and where they went to college, what and where they live right now. We all have these unconscious biases that we have to overcome. And that is a real thing. Um, there are so many tools out there. Again, I just don't think there's much of an excuse of I don't know, because we are information over. We're in the era of information overload. We have too much information. Um, people can join their local Toastmasters and that is old school, but that is really learning how to publicly speak in front of people, but also removing the us, uh, oh's, you know, like 
those things. You learn how to really speak full sentences and articulate yourself without having those pauses and breaks where a lot of young people, they, they just don't have that level of communication because they have grown up in an era where they're text messaging and they are living on emoticons and also just a lot of acronyms. Um, so I, I really hear your point because I love that you make a point to invest yourself. I mean, it prompted me to really reevaluate myself because I invest myself not on a regular basis, but it's made me more intentional to say, you know what, I've done this and I've been in this industry for 20 years um, plus now, but I could still be better because I'm not the best. There are tens of thousands of recruiters out there that are so much better than me. Um, they make a lot more money than I do. Um, and um, they're a lot more successful in being more of that influencer in the LinkedIn space or the YouTube space or what have you. So it made me stop and think. But I think the big thing that all of us need to really understand is the level of self-awareness. And that is what you have, Io going through college, you understood, you actually took the feedback and you actually, especially when it was consistent feedback, you actually took a pause and you evaluated like, okay, maybe it's not me. I mean, or I'm sorry, maybe it is me. These people aren't just saying this and maybe I need to step back and reevaluate how I'm coming across. I mean, I have a candidate that was a really good friend of mine and he worked for me and this was a this was over 10 years ago and he, his contract was ending. I met with him and I told him the same thing I told you. I said, look, dude, you got to smile. You come across really scary in interviews or in conversations unless we really, really know you. It takes several meetings for us to peel back the layers of your onion and you come across as you're not a very happy person and they want people that are nice and they want people that have really great soft skills to come work for us. So I think that's really important um, for everyone to really understand, you know, how do you approach a recruiter? How do you approach a CISO or a hiring manager? What does your messaging look like when you are reaching out to these people because you're literally doing a cold call to them? They don't know you from Adam. So how do you make a first impression? And I will say with, again, all of the messages that I got, 80% of them were so well-written. They were very articulate. They got to the point. Uh, some of them, you know, told me their story, which I really appreciated, but I want to really focus on the 20% that didn't, that really failed on that. And then just, you know, calling them out of the blue and them not being able to articulate what they want to do. Why did you decide to go to this school? What did you get out of it? So I think one of the big things is when you approach somebody, especially a gatekeeper that has a job opportunity, do your homework, put a list of questions together, make, make sure that you can answer questions, very basic questions. And that would just be just to, to your resume. A lot of people can't speak to their resume. Okay, tell me about this time. Because a lot of these questions are, tell me about a time. We don't want you to give us answers that, okay, well, I think they want me to say this. We want you to tell us what happened. So how does that, how is that going to translate into the opportunity that you're being considered for? Um, and the other thing too, you and I have talked about over and over, a lot of these folks, they want to get into cyber, but they don't know what and the big question is why why are you getting into the space 
What do you want to do? Because I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell you over and over again, a lot of these roles are very, very technical. And if you don't understand how a simple computer or a laptop works, then you're going to really struggle in cybersecurity. If you don't know how to write reports, if you don't know how to write papers, if you if you struggle with just the common English language in communicating, you're going to struggle in this space. If you don't know how to speak intelligibly and articulately, you are going to struggle in this space. Those are basic fundamentals that you should have. And some of these folks that reached out to me that I spoke to failed at all of those miserably. They, and not only not knowing or understanding the job, but all of the basic fundamentals, because the company that I was recruiting for, they want the best. Even if you don't have experience, they have a really high bar on, even though they don't have experience, they got to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, to your point, like it's the, the unfortunate truth is, and it's a reality that I think, um, especially out of college, right? Like you, you, you know, um, and, and people might not go that route, but whatever, right? If in, in the real world, like it's, it's, it's a competition, right? You're competing for these positions and you know, that there are simple things that can just put you on top. Just, just, just being, um, personable goes a long way. Right. Um, even if it's a video interview, right. Just setting up, um, I think there's videos out there about how to get the, the you know, the perfect video set up, right. You know, getting a ring light, like simple things, getting, getting better, a better mic, right. It, it, like it all, it all adds up. And I know, right. Someone listening might be like, uh, you know, I've, I've tried many things and, you know, and this, there could be a bit of discouragement when you try something and it doesn't work, you try something and it doesn't work, but it helps because, you know, it, it, it could be a game of like delayed gratification where you're studying things, you're learning things, but it all comes to fruition if you keep at it. And, um, you know, everything that Kim listed, everything that you listed, Kim, is, you know, right on the nail when it comes to just, you know, articulating yourself clearly and, right. and, and being able to talk technical terms, right? Uh, being able to understand it, right? Because everyone in, that's in this space might might have gone through the training and through the certifications, but what differentiates, you know, like from like, right? What differentiates someone that has the same degree, you know, done the same courses? What's the what's what can make you stick out? And it might just be a two percent difference of, wow, like this person's um, presentation was great. I, I, you know, the 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 job I had Deloitte, one of the main reasons why they they um, hired me because, and, and this happens to me a few times, but I would answer interview questions unlike anybody they've ever interviewed. Like they wouldn't, like they're, they're, it's uncomparable, right? And they, this could go both ways, but just just answering questions, like you said, Kim, like it's not about the answer that they want. It's about the answer that you believe in, right? Because uh-huh. it's, better, it's better for you to go for something and be wrong and learn than for you to think to yourself, oh, what do they want? What, what answer do they want, right? I remember one interview, um, this person asked me, like, if you're stuck on an issue and you, you, you can, you know, what's this problem? Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm really stumped on this. I'd probably look at Google. And the guy said, wow, like no one's ever said that, but that's what I would do too. Like, no, they, I, I can't believe it. Like no one ever said Google, just search Google. Cause like we, you know, we all do it. Right. Please. Right. Well, you know, it, what, what's really surprising. My sister is a 
teacher um, for a school out in Fort Worth, Texas, and she teaches junior high. And she just she she um, complains to me a lot for her fear of our future because the kids are too lazy to Google, which is unbelievable to me. Again, we are living in the age of information, and I think us folks that grew up without the internet appreciate it so much more even though there's so much bad stuff on there too or so again we all get stuck going down the rabbit hole of of looking at stuff looking up stuff and getting information but a lot of folks don't even want to do that um and i have talked to some of those candidates i i when just to give you an example um when i you know i worked i did a project with mcafee many years ago and that's what brought my interest in cybersecurity. and we went to a job fair they asked me to go work it because they again ran out of folks to 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 be there and it was here in dallas and there were many other employers but i i was surprised by the end of that um job fair we still had kids wrapped around the entire building they had to tell the kids, sorry, the job fair is closed. Um, there were so many people that wanted to talk to us at McAfee. They didn't want to talk to anybody else. But these kids came in and they were wearing their pajamas. Um, these kids came in and a lot. You know, there were a lot of people that were um, EAD or um, visa holders. They came in. They could speak moderate to good English and they had a resume they didn't email it. They had it on paper and it was crumpled up. Um, there was a lot of misspellings and they actually took a pen and scribbled through it and corrected it or they didn't. And I had to fuss at some of these students. You you just gained one of the best educations in the, in the world and you come to a prospective employer with your pajamas on and you have a resume that is corrected with a pen. Um, and I still get things like that now, uh, not to that extreme, but folks that come in for an interview and they didn't bring anything to write on. They didn't take any notes. They didn't write down a list of questions. And now we're having all of these video interviews and they're still not putting forth an effort at all. And again, we have all of the tools and I shouldn't have to coach and mentor everybody on every single step because if I have to tell you everything what everything to do just to prepare for the interview you are not going to be successful at the job because you have to take be driven enough to figure things out on your own so those little things like you said mean a lot like wow you actually took the time to write down a list of questions and I didn't have to ask you so these are simple things that a lot of people take advantage but there's all of us, you know, as people, we're just arrogant. Oh, okay, well, I'll, I, I won't, I won't, I won't forget that. I've, I've got this in the bag. I'm just going to go in there and be myself. And they can't, if they can't accept me for being myself, then it's their loss. It ends up being your loss because you did not stand out and make an impression with this person. Because I tell everyone that goes in for the interview, your goal for this interview is to get this person to like you enough to want you to come back and talk to someone else. If you can't even do something simple like that, then I don't know how I can help you moving forward. I, I don't know. But it's also doing the homework. The homework, the homework is never going to go away, people. It's never going to go away. 
I've been doing this stuff for 20 years and I still am learning every day. It never stops. And if you think if you would rather sit at home and watch Netflix on the weekend, then invest time to make yourself better, make yourself the best in what you do, then you need to go find something else to do. I, I don't, and th that is the nicest way I can put it. Um, sometimes I might be a little harsh to folks being direct, but to your point that you told me, Iowa, when you and I first started talking, I don't want to help anybody that doesn't want to help themselves. If you don't want to help themselves, you're wasting your time talking to me. Yeah, yeah, d definitely. I mean, it, it's, um, and it's a bit of a balance, right? Like we're, we're in a generation that's kind of like, um, you know, and it depends on what you value, right? Like if you, if you don't, if you want to have work-life balance and, you know, spend your weekends off, that's fine. Right. But, you know, when we're talking about results, getting results, um, and, and having the life you want, right? Like I remember in college, right. It was, it was excruciatingly painful. Like I literally like, um, <laughs> I mean, my weekends were gone. Like I was just hu hustling, hustling. I was grinding my butt off, right? And and I'll never forget those days. Like just, you know, class finishes at um, what? Like let's say three three o'clock. I'm still at school, stuck there till till, and I come back midnight. Um, school was so hard for me that like I couldn't even. I mean, other kids could like work part time and do it, but it was just so hard for me that I had to do it full time. I survived on thirty bucks a, a week that that my parents would give me to you know that was it bus fare i went to no parties um you know i i and even back then like i i had uh i mean i had like <laughs> you know pe people that uh friends right and even crushes right oh you free tonight like are you does this party you going i was like oh no no i'm not even i can't right you know yeah and and it's like but but now i look back and i say wow like if i didn't go through that right like the results weren't the, the results weren't instant right i remember say this is year two i'm like man i got two more years of this of this four-year degree like let me just drop out i was looking at my friends you know working their jobs making money getting cars going on trips and i'm just here like struggling right like not looking cool you know not looking fly like just a college student and I, I resented it so much, but you know, I had people around me that said, okay, keep going, keep going. And then I gra and then a month after I graduated, like my life changed. Just a, a month after the four-year degree, since 2016, 2020, a month after that day I got <clears throat> those interviews and, and the offers, I was like, you know what? It was worth it. Right. Absolutely. So it Absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah, it just depends. And, and I think, I think too, because I've been reading, you know, what the Gen Zers, hey, employers need to really get ready. Gen Zers are not going to put up with this work lifestyle. And I, I know, you know, the pandemic has changed a lot of people's mindsets on true work-life balance. And I don't want to live to work um, or I don't want to work to live or what whatever that saying is. Um, again, we have to work to be able to make ends meet, we have to get some job satisfaction, but there are so many people and um, they're in more of an age, age range, not all, but there's a large age range of, I want to make great impact. And I, I expect to do that within the first six months of my employment. And I expect to get promoted within those six months. And it doesn't happen like that. It's, it's not going to happen like that. And if 
you are getting that, that that's wonderful because there are a small percentage of people that are superstars. They're rock stars. I, I talked to a gentleman two weeks ago and his drive and what he's been able to accomplish within a very short period of time was really impressive. And I told him, so you don't need to talk to me. You're doing everything right. Um, and um, I think that helped him that I was able to echo that. But most of us are going to have to put in the, the work and the, the time. And it's not going to be just given to us. Um, you have to put in the time and you have to be prepared. Like I, I, I've heard a lot of people call cybersecurity and just IT or just any role. It's, it's a lifestyle. Um, and for you to get good at it, you have to continue to learn. You're going to have to put some skin in the game. And if you don't get that promotion within a year, that's, you should be okay with that. You really should. But you also need to understand what are you putting into it? Are you really truing, truly putting some skin in the game? Do you really think you deserve a promotion? There are some people that get overlooked. I, I, I will totally admit that. But there are some people that just think, you know, I am, um, I'm, I'm getting paid this much money. So I think my next role should be a director or I should be a CISO. You don't understand what, a, do you, have you ever talked to a stakeholder? Have you ever, you know, been responsible for a group of people? Do you know how to manage a budget? Do you know how to manage very complex problems? And do you, do you, do you mind being the scapegoat? when everything goes awry because that's the job of a CISO. CISOs are that they have a really tough, complicated, scary job um, because there's so much responsibility put on their shoulders and uh, the finger gets pointed at them if something goes awry and it usually trickles down to, you know, a human factor of a mistake, um, human error sometimes. Maybe it's an application, maybe it's a tool, whatever that is, but there's a lot of responsibility, so you have to understand, you know, what you're getting yourself into, what your goals and objectives are, and are they realistic? Because you coming in out of college, a lot of people don't get to be a manager within three years. That's not realistic. Big four like you, and again, I'm, you know, big four too, ex-big four, and getting promoted to a manager in these very large companies, it takes about eight to 10 years to do that, to do it right because they're doing that, they do that for a reason. There's a lot of preparation that goes into that. And a lot of people don't wanna wait that long to be a leadership. But I, I know several people right now, I've had discussions this week, people have been promoted into a manager and they're a lousy manager. They, they are awful at it because nobody has taught them how to be a leader. And that's, that's a completely different, that's again, that's a completely different conversation, but it's just putting in the time and making that commitment and understanding what you're getting yourself into, because it is hard. This is a hard industry. Why is it so hard to get into? I don't know, but I know a lot of these folks are never going to get the jobs by the way they approach me. I would never hire them and I would never present them to a company. I would I would have to dedicate um, some time coaching and mentoring. But a lot of people that come to me for coaching and mentoring, they already have in their mind, well, I'm going to do it this way. And I've told them, don't do it this way. You should do it this way. They don't listen. So if you're not going to listen, why even bother asking for advice? So 
all of you folks out there that are really looking for advice, if someone gives it to you and they have been in the space for a while, they've done it, listen to them. At least try it for a couple of weeks and see if it works. Just try it. What do you got to lose? Definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it's, it's it's really patience. And um, it, yeah, it's, it's really patience and just being able to, to wait, right? Like wait your turn. Um, you know, it's, it's really difficult to, um, get in, but also while you're in navigate, you know, the politics and, and working with others, right. It's really a skill. And like you said, leadership management, which are two different things. Um, you know, if you want to get to that level, right, you're going to have to, you know, stand out and learn. And, and like you said, like I, I've experienced, uh, you know, rock stars coming into the organization and just flying through and, and that's just, they, they have it. And, you know, you can learn from that. You can learn from, you know, those that got promoted. Um, and it's, it's a long game. It really is. And I had to learn that myself too, right? I wanted to come in and, you know, be the new kid on the block, but sometimes you have to, you know, sit down, keep your mouth shut, keep your ears open, listen, digest. And it might take months, years even. And, and one of my managers, um, he just got promoted to, to partner, which is, I was so happy for him, but he said, um, he said it took him a good five years to get to get going five years right and he's like and he's killing it right now he's really doing his thing and like I, I really look up to him um just by the way he presents because he knows what he's doing but he said yeah like you know what and that and that's the same way he looked at me he didn't look at me as to to understand things but he, he said try to say hey i look like don't don't be in no rush now because it might you know it might take five years for things to click and when it clicks, you know, you're, you're open for business. So, um, and, I, and I'm waiting for that day for things to click too. Cause right now I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, you know, what, what, what when are things going to happen? Like, but sometimes, uh, you just got to put the time in and then, you know, when, once it gets to a certain point, you know, it'll, it'll click for you too. Right. So there, there's no rush on it because if you, like you said, Kim, if you, if you rush yourself and you take on something that you can't, um, do like you're gonna learn but it's not um what was the point right if you weren't right. ready for it well well the other thing too because of the industry that we're in if you rush things there could be massive massive consequences to you trying to get somewhere and you weren't paying attention and made a mistake uh, we're talking about data loss. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about the safety of things. We're, you know, the this industry, because you are protecting so many areas, um, it could be health records. It could be, um, it, it again, it could be um, access into top secret files. It, it could be... A myriad of things it could be credit card information social security information if you're being careless and you're trying to get to point b and you're not willing to take the time to learn and or you're trying to hide something because oh i made a mistake and you are incapable of of owning up to it and sometimes owning up to it you know again could could have a really really bad result but sometimes oh well, i'm just going to delete this over here because something happened okay then nobody can really figure out what exactly happened going in where it went what what did they do 
um, again, because you're trying to cover things up too. So those are the things that we have to understand that the cybersecurity industry isn't just a J-O-B job. It is, you're doing stuff to protect information at that company from a threat actor. And what is that threat actor going to do with that information if they get their hands on it? Um, so we have to look at the space and the job as not just a job, but at the end of the day, what exactly are you protecting? What exactly are you analyzing? And how that affects other people if you're not paying attention? Definitely, definitely. And, and, and it follows you, right? Like you're, you know, the, the better work you do, uh, you know, let's not forget, I mean, if you're really good at this stuff, uh, you will be sought after and you would you will be rewarded accordingly. Um, but contrary, if, if there's a, a record out there of just, you know, you messing things up um, due to rushing or trying to get up there, then it, it could work against you in a way, right? So it will. And people yeah. talk. Um, I yeah. can't tell you how many times, you know, hiring managers, um, human HR people, um, and just people just doing back back references that nobody knows about. I've ha I've seen it happen. I can't say anything. It's like, well, I have some buddies over here and they know this person. So I'm going to do a back reference. And it is really hard having that discussion with that candidate to say, sorry, I'm, you know, we, we, we're not going to be moving forward. Um, and I can't disclose that information. Everybody wants to hear that feedback. Um, I would say 20, 30% of those people can't take the feedback. I've, I've been honest with some people and it blew up in my face. They got really, really mad. Um, I was actually told that I was unprofessional um, by one candidate because he didn't like the feedback. And it's like, well, because you're a lot of maintenance. <laughs> you, 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 you were a lot of maintenance coming into the process. Uh, you wore out the hiring manager. You wore out the HR people over there. And you, and and now you're telling me that I we made a mistake and we're missing out on the best person in that whole state of you know whatever state they were coming from. And okay, but they they just didn't take the rejection well. And again, we don't. And and now HR people are scared to give. Um, feedback because we don't want to get sued. These companies don't want to get sued because we don't know what these people are going to do about that. So it, it does happen. Um, and you know what? Feedback is feedback. And Del I mean, you working at Deloitte, again, I've worked in another big four organization and that's all what we're about is giving feedback. If you don't like it, um, well, you're not going to be a good fit here, but, but we give the feedback because we want to make you better. And that's how I've always taken feedback when people correct me on things, even now. It's like, you know what, that person cared enough to tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I need to I need to sit back. I need to step back and uh, evaluate and take that person's constructive feedback and make myself better. 100 mm percent. -hmm. It's definitely, um, you know, I, I had an episode on this, but just being coachable goes a long way absolutely yeah being able to be coached because it's it's um it's a wonderful thing you know no one expects you to be perfect but if you could take criticism and just you know say you know what i was i was you know wrong in this way or i could have done that better and then own up to it like you can really go f that alone oh my gosh I really yes just, i mean forget the you might not need an image consultant or speech whatever but if you could just take advice implement it take advice implement it i mean the sky's mm -hmm. the limit 
Absolutely. And and like you said, if you even take ownership of it, if you make a mistake, take ownership of it. Because so many more people, they will respect you for having the nerve to say, you know what, that was my bad. I screwed up. And I've ha- I've even done that several times. And I've had my managers and my team respect me even more because I said, you know what, I'm going to take the blame on this. This is all my fault. And, you know, we've had, you know, from a hiring perspective, we've had um, hiring managers not show up or the candidate has, you know, screwed up the time zone or whatever. And I, I, I've told the candidate, I'll, don't worry about it. I'll take the blame. I'm going to be your protection. I'm going to tell the hiring manager I made a mistake and that way it covers you. And sometimes, yeah, I shouldn't do that. But, um, Again, it's it's done on an, on an individual basis. I, I I think on on giving some of those people passes because we're all human. We all make mistakes. But being able to fess up to the mistake and be honest about it and hey, I want to do better. Um, I'm coachable. Tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can make it right. And um, those are the folks that um, have the desire to be better. And you've got to be coachable. If you're not coachable you're not doing anybody any good. If you can't take the feedback, again, you're just hurting yourself and you're hurting your teammates. And if you're a leader, you're hurting the people that are reporting to you as well. Well said, well said, Kim. We're, we're running up on time, but I want, I want to leave the floor open if there's anything else you want to touch on regarding this because there's going to be more episodes to come. This is one of many because we really need to just, even if we have to say this over and over again, right, just to let it sink in, I think these I, are I, I I would agree. Um, I I think um, um, there are so many areas that we do need to cover, um, and our goal is really, and like you said, it, it's being repetitive, but it's just we're here to help you. We, you know, you the listener, if you are willing to sit, you know, for almost an hour and and sit, you know, sit and listen to us on our soapbox, um, take a little bit of. You know, away, you know, we're hoping you'll take a little bit away from that and learn and learn something about you. Again, you don't have to invest a ton of money in yourself, but just being self-aware, um, being very self-aware on how you approach people, how you present yourself. And like you said, you know, when we're out now, because again, we're a casual lifestyle right now. Everybody's working remote. Everybody gets to work in their pajamas. It's fantastic. But to your point, Aya, when you're out and you look good, you feel good. You feel good. You present yourself. You perform well. And that, that, that's proven. That is proven when, uh, when we feel our best is when we you know, feel like we look our best as well. So, yes, we have many more episodes to cover. Um, again, always great chatting with you, Aya. Yes, always. yes. Same here. Thank you so much for your time today, Tim. And looking forward to, to recording the next episodes. Can't wait. Look forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks.